I go hard in the motherfucking paint, nigga. Leave you stankin', nigga. What the fuck you thinkin', nigga? I won't die for this shit or what the fuck I say. Front yard, broad day with the SK. <laughs> hey, Jude. No. <laughs> you tried that last week, no. I What's going on, man? Much. How it's you doing? Like the first thing I... how, how do you not say Jude after you say hey? Because it's know, not the first thing that comes to me. It's, hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? That's fucking... That's so basic. Lame. Okay. Um, it's great. It's um, positive. I love the Beatles. Hey, the Beatles were great and positive. You're corny. You They're suck. bigger than Jesus. And with that, <laughs> le- welcome to the We Important Podcast following a great Easter Sunday. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about that. Sorry. I'm uh, your host, Harry. And I'm your other host, Q. The one with the most. Sure. I mean... Sure. And our special guest for today is none other than Andy Isabella. No big deal or anything like that. <laughs> man, thanks for having me on, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With you guys, so I thought, like, man, I'll come show you guys some love. It's, it's right. totally your pleasure. <laughs> it's totally your pleasure to be on our show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, uh, for those that don't know, Andy <laughs> is an NFL player, plays for the Arizona Cardinal. Will it be born and raised? No, well, I mean, I grew up in Lyndhurst and then moved here to Mayfield when I was in fifth grade. So, I mean, I'll say Mayfield. Sure. Well, let's say Mayfield born and raised then. But none other went to UMass, played there for four years, got drafted, second round, 31st or 32nd pick? I don't even know. Regardless, he's in the NFL and you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in stuff. I'm in other stuff. Jazzercise class. Is that your thing? It's been going well. I'm, 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 I'm happy for you. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Anyway, Andy, back to making this a real thing. <laughs> no, we were, we always, in the beginning, man, we just want to let you talk. We want to, you give us more information about you okay. and how you got to being in the fucking NFL. It's a big deal, okay? We're making it, I guess it's not a big, it's a big deal. So kind of, just for the people listening out there, kind of just trace it back to the first time you played football, to the journey to the NFL, you know. This is your chance, and I hope people... Or even, just, because I asked you earlier, I asked you off mic, uh, when when was it NFL? When did you see it? When was when did that become your dream, and if it was your dream? Yeah, the, the NFL was always my dream. I mean, I, I grew up, like, I mean, I grew up playing football in the front yard by myself, throwing the ball to my, myself, and... I mean, I would write plays in a little playbook book um, that I had. So, I mean, it was always, I was always looking, it was always the NFL, the NFL. I mean, I played soccer, played other sports, but it was, it was always the NFL. And, um, I just followed that dream. I mean, through all Did that, all did that come from somewhere? Just like from being a fan, like your family being a fan of NFL or what? I just, I, I don't know, somewhere inside of you. I mean, you, you follow, I always followed my heart. It was always one of my, one of my, I mean, I'll tell you this, this crazy, this story when I was, in a junior junior in college, um, I was doing it. I was doing an engineering degree. I was terrible, terrible engineer. I was fucking, <laughs> fucking terrible. Like I, I would like cheat and copy off. I mean, I would work my ass off. Don't get me wrong, but 
I mean, I wasn't a good engineer. I wasn't a great, uh, I mean, I, I was, I was good because I worked hard in school. I wasn't naturally just a smart kid. But, um, I had, I didn't, I wasn't going to graduate in three and a half years doing engineer, engineering stuff. Um, I kind of knew that. I always wanted to play in the NFL and the NFL at that, after my junior year it was, it wasn't really realistic still. It was like that scouts had me as like a guy that might get picked up undrafted and a guy that might, might get a shot somewhere. Probably won't make it, so it's kind of like, oh well, this is probably not going to be. This might not be the path for me. But I always had that dream, like like I said, like it was always I'm going to make the NFL. I work my butt off all throughout college. Um, so I was sitting in this office with this the engineering, uh, the guy that like sets your classes, sets when you're going to like graduate and stuff. And he's and I go in there and I'm like, I, I need to graduate in three and a half years. And he's like, I can't. I'm like, well, he's like, looks at me, he's like. He's like, why do you want to leave so early? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to go play in the NFL. Like, like I was like, I told him, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go play in the NFL. So I need, I'm going to be gone. I'm not going to be able to make a draft. I'm not going to be here. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I'm, I didn't care. Like, I was, that was my, that was my dream. I knew, I knew it was going to happen. And he's like, well, I can't have you graduate in the, in the three and a half years. And I was like, all right, well, what, how can I graduate in three and a half years? And he's like, you could finish a math degree. If you, like, he looks around, he's like looking through the street. He's like, oh, you could probably finish a math degree. And I, we can set up these credits and we'll transfer all your engineering credits and you'll do that. And I was like, all right, that's, that's what we're doing. He's like, he's like, sure you want to do this? I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then I ended up finishing them, finishing them, barely finishing a math degree. Um, but, um, just going, going through that, I always thought, I always had, had that dream. I always followed my heart. I always knew, I always made choices based on how I felt. Sometimes we may feel a certain way, but we may ignore things in our, in our heart, ignore, uh, and I, I've been, I've been, uh, very, uh, I mean, I mean, there's sometimes when I feel like I should do something and I, I don't do it because I maybe avoid, I want a con- confrontation with someone or I don't want to make someone feel bad. But, but at the end of the day, I always follow my heart in terms of my football career and where I wanted to go. I mean, even when I was going into UMass, I had, I really didn't have any offers. I had, I actually, actually signed, I actually told, I went, I had three offers at Air Force, Lafayette, school and PA, and then, and then UMass came in late, but it was it was funny. I, no one really knows this story. I actually committed to Lafayette. I told Lafayette I was going to come come to Lafayette because I I know because they're they're pressuring me. They're like they're like oh if you don't take this offer you're going to have no offers. Everyone's going to uh, dump you. You're on nothing. So I'm like all right, screw. It. I was just, I didn't want to go Lafayette, but I was like all right, I'll go. I'll come to Lafayette. Like screw mm. it, I'll come to Lafayette. <laughs> and then uh, I actually told uh, other people, and they they told my dad that I was going to Lafayette, but I didn't want to get out, so I just told someone, a close friend of mine, that I was going, that I committed to Lafayette, but it was uh, told it was basically bullshit. But they thought I was like, "Oh, you're going to Lafayette, congrats!" So um, they started. It was actually my, I had a girlfriend, and so I called my girlfriend. I'm, I committed to Lafayette, but I'm probably not going to go there. And then her, she told her parents, so her parents told my dad, <laughs> and my dad's like, he's like, "What the feet like?" <laughs> the guy Lafayette coach called my dad. It's like, "Oh, he's coming to." I didn't tell my dad I committed there. I was just doing it for bullshit. Just yeah, to say. right. And Lafayette called my dad and they're like, they're like he's, coming, he's coming, congrats. And my dad's like, oh, he needs some more time. And then he had no idea what they're talking about. Um, so then he, then, then my girlfriend's dad calls my dad. It's like, oh, congrats. And he's going to Lafayette. And he's like, he's like, what the fuck? He's comes to me. He's like, he's, he's like, what are you doing to Lafayette? You don't even tell me, you tell other families. So he, he actually wanted to kick me out of the house. Like he, he, he almost made me sound like grandma's pride. And I was like, then we had a guy to call the Lafayette and be like, sorry, I'm not coming. Like I had to be like, all right, I don't want to fucking come here. And they're, they're all pissed off. Damn. But I didn't really want to go there, but it was, but, um, I knew something was going to come up. I knew I kind of had it. Like I wanted to play in the NFL. That's why there's another thing. I, I probably would have went to the Air Force, but I wanted to go to the NFL. And if you go to the Air Force at the time, two years, you have to go two years after. Now it's actually, you could go right to, um, 
you could actually try the NFL first, and then if it doesn't work out, you could go serve your two years. But it wasn't like that when I was when I was applying or when I was going through the mm-hmm. college process. So I was like, I'm not, I can't go to Air Force, even though even though I felt it didn't feel right going to Air Force, even though I had visited there two times, and it was kind of like you should go to Air Force, you should go to Air Force, take it as a great school, you have a great education and all that stuff. But I, I kind of somewhere deep down, I was like, it's not the place for you, even though. It, it might, it, who knows, it might have been, but I don't really look back. I kind of follow what my heart was saying. And then, sure enough, like, th- like three days before signing that UMass, Coach Whipple, he's like college coach, he calls me. He's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to offer you a scholarship here. And I thought, oh, okay. he's like, you should think about, you could think about it and call me back and answer. And he's on the phone. I was like, all right, I was, I'll take the offer. And he's like, he's like, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll fucking take an offer. I'll, I'll never forget. I was working out at FitWorks and I just, it was the end of the workout. I was gassed and then I just had this surge. It's crazy. How things in life will give you a surge of energy. And right after that, it kind of was a kind of that call that I needed, that I knew was coming, but I waited for so long for it. But and it was almost like God had waited for that exact moment. He was trying, testing me to see if I would not trust my heart. Almost God tests. I feel God tests you in a lot of different ways, and sometimes you don't trust. You may not trust your heart, and you may not trust God's process. And even though you know deep down that it's something might not be right for you, you you do it anyway just because you think. That, that that's the only thing there there's for you instead of waiting and being patient for God to, to bless you in other ways that he has. Um, and he did. I mean, that's, that's, I ended up going to UMass and everything worked out. But going back to that story, I had a surge of energy and I started just doing, banging out with a hundred pull-ups. Like, it's like it was nothing. Like, after I got the call, it was hilarious. It was funny. I'll never forget, forget that moment. Is um, this, uh, how late in senior year is this? Like, school coming to an end? No, no, the, the signing day for, uh, it's like, I think it was February like 18th or something was the signing day or something like that. So it was like February. It was like literally three days before signing day. Like in three days, I was, if I didn't get an offer from a D1 in three days, then I was I was screwed over. I was done. I wasn't. I would have had to go. Like, all Air Force or all scholarships and gone and shit. Because don't a lot yeah. of the well, at least a lot of the big signings for football is during the junior year. That's where all the scholarships. Yeah, that's where all the big scholarships went. So luckily, lucky UMass had just the coach Whipple had just gotten the UMass, so he. He was kind of rebuilding the team, so he had a lot of scholarship left over, and he was kind of just giving them out. And I know, and um, I ran, I ran a good track time and indoor. And yeah, um, was it the sixty meter? You yeah, broke the national record or something, and that blew up. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of blew up a little. Actually, after that, actually, Oklahoma State called and said they're going to fly me out, and then they kind of screwed me over, and then called me back the next day and we're like, "All right, we're not, we're not taking you. We're not. We're taking. We other kids took the scholarship, but it didn't work out." After that, it was kind of like, oh, well, this might not happen. But, you know, I stayed patient in that, and, and then, like I said, it happened. But, um, actually, when I got to UMass, I was like, this is, this is, like, I've been to Air Force, Air Force campus is laid out. And the UMass campus is nice, but it's nothing like, I mean, the Air, Air Force, you got the mountains and it's in, mm-hmm. in Boulder, Colorado. I actually thought I'd made the wrong decision when I got to, to UMass. Um, cause didn't you ugly? Never, well, yeah, didn't it was, you? <laughs> it was just like the facilities weren't as nice as they, I mean, Air Force is all, <laughs> government funding yeah, right. so like so they got everything laid out so. hadn't you never seen the campus either before you stepped on as a student either yeah i never saw a camp never even knew i didn't even know massachusetts was a state like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like people don't even like i wasn't really i mean i, I never we never we didn't really vacation like as when we were little we went to florida like drove to florida but i didn't really know any anything else like i was it was a risk to take going to umass like but it was the best it was the best school for me to go to because i was I was far enough away from home where I couldn't just go home when I, when I was feeling sorry for myself or feeling down. And I just, and I didn't really know anyone at UMass. I mean, I, I made some great relationships at UMass and I'll always cherish. I mean, I'm going to one of my best friends getting married this weekend. So I'll get to see him get married, but 
That's awesome. Wow. Mazel tov. But like, but but it was all so far away that it was. I was just there focusing on football and, and school. Like it was nothing. There was no. Dist- I mean, there's obviously distractions, but I don't. I don't really worry about. I mean, I tell my my brother. He's in college now. He's always he's saying all oh, these guys are partying and stuff. And it, it happens. And I was like, I was like, you get into it a little. I mean, have fun with it. I mean, I never. That's one thing. Maybe cause maybe. I look back and say maybe I should have had a little bit more fun, but then you know, looking at it, it's like, hey, well now here I am, and, the, and if I didn't if I didn't do all the things I did, then I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. You probably wouldn't want me and me be on the show, or I wouldn't. I was still on the show, Andy. <laughs> well, I look at it like this, Randy. Well, you know, but it's, that's what. It, but you know, I was, but I worked my butt off at UMass. I didn't. I mean, I, I tell this funny story. My brother, I told him this kid. There was a kid in freshman year at the end of the hallway. He would. He would offer me a, a beer every day. I'll get back to football practice. He'd offer me a beer. I'll tell him. I'll literally tell him. I'm sorry. I don't want it. Every day he'd ask me for literally my, <laughs> 200 days. He'd tell, like, we were the whole school year. He'd ask me for a beer. And I would be like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Never so crack. Funny, uh, I never cracked. That was the thing. I never fooled. I never cracked. Things, things. You master was tough. It was a tough, it was a tough grind, four years grind, but it, it paid off. And, and now it just gets, it gets tougher. The, the the show goes on. I mean, it, even my my NFL career right now. I mean, it's had a lot of a lot of highs and and shit. The, the last time I left off, I should I got benched halfway through the season, and and now I'm, I'm trying to fight my way out of the fight my way back back to where I was. I mean, I've showed up to play in the league, and and now I'm trying to fight to show that I could be consistent in the league, where it's where it's hard to find guys that are consistent. Um, so it's 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 a, it's a process where it's never it's never ending. Guys, guys think they get to a point and then it stops. I mean, life goes on until you're until it's over, and it's a lot. I think it's a lot of people think that. That's crazy. That's a lesson that you know, I try to. Exp- we need to hear more because I think that's we have this misconception that we're just chasing this thing and everything's gonna be cool once you get it. Yeah, it's like no, you got to keep working. If it, if it, your dream is to have it and then master it and like. You know, going to be one of the greatest if you can. One thing I try to explain to anybody that wants to be an athlete in college, and I was told this by uh, the Columbia head coach when I was a junior in high school. He goes, when you get to college as an athlete, you're offered three things, athletics, academics, and a social life. But to truly be successful, you can only keep two of the three. The moment you try to fit in all three, you're, you're bound to fail. I mean, there's How a whole... How do you feel about that? No, that's absolutely that's, that's true. I mean, I'm, like, I had no social life in college, and I I mean, I'll be the first to say. I mean, maybe it was a little unhealthy, but I mean, that's that's the, that's the choice that I that's the I choice. I mean, I remember I was doing. I would go right from football to right to schoolwork, and I mean, it, it was tough. I mean, I, I tell this funny story too. The, the people like I was, it was, I was they, they do this thing called Blarney. It's like a it's like a St. Patty's Day big party. They all the, everyone just goes crazy, mm-hmm. gets hammered. They get up at like six a.m. and start drinking and. But um, I had engineer like I was I had this engineering class where it was like a pro I never programmed before the programming class could I couldn't get it and I finally I'm like one of those people where like I'm too sometimes I'm too stubborn to accept uh, someone's help um, mm. like I want to figure it out, I want to figure it out like I'm gonna run through a wall and figure it out myself. What's your zodiac sign? I don't even know. <laughs> Failing told me what it was. When you born? It was like off the horse thing. What's your birthday? November 18th. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a Aquarius. Oh, I don't so, believe in that someone, shit. Yeah, someone told me actually like he, was, he was the same as me. He's like, he was on my birthday. He was a college kid, the goofy guy. But he te- he texted me. He's like, oh, you're the same. He's like, you're the same zodiac sign. I was like, oh, sweet bro. Send him one Well, I think what you bring up about the programming thing is, you know, like, I mean, you saying you can't get it. I'd rather fail a thousand times on my own yeah. and get it myself. I did, yeah, I, I failed a thousand times, and then 
I finally was like, all right, I'm going to need a tutor. And the, the tutor literally showed me one trick and I started banging it out. But this was before the tutor. Um, I thought, cause if you don't pass that class, you, you, you don't, you, you're done engineering, done for you. So it was like a do or die almost for me. Like, cause you're at that time I was like, I, I was like, oh, I'm, uh, I used to make a lot of money doing engineering. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do engineering. And I was kind of, I don't, I don't believe in that anymore. I feel like if I would have redone college, I would have been, uh, I would have done like something in the sound, like the, they do like kinesiology, some with the body and stuff. Cause I hate, I, I've never used the math stuff in my life. That's not who I am. And, so I, and people going to college, if I gave them advice, go to college, do, do what you love to do. Cause they, then I was miserable for <laughs> four years doing all that. Isn't it, isn't math, it crazy so. though, that it takes until like the, you know, it takes all these yeah. experiences with the classes you don't like to finally figure out once you're already too deep in the degree, yeah, like, Oh, I really could have went, I should have went this direction. I should have chose yeah, this. Too bad it happens to a lot of people and then they ends up getting discouraging them and then they got to start over and it ends up, and then they end up kind of just quitting on everything, which is, is stinks. But, uh, but no, I was going back to, I was, I was sitting, it was the Blarney weekend and they're all, everyone's going on. And I was, I was trying to figure out this program and I was sitting there just, just for three hours. I hadn't even brought a line. I was just fucking nothing. And this, these girls come up and they're like, Oh, can Andy come out with us? They're already hammered. So I didn't really care that they, and then they're I was like, no, I got to figure this out. And they're like, Oh, he's a, he's a fucking loser. And they, they walked off and I was, and that, that, and of course shit like that gets to you. But at, at that time, if you have that mission, you have that dream and you have, you know what you're, doing and people people like that and, and things like that don't really affect you so it was like but it's kind of a funny story because it's, it's like well well fuck it like this is what i'm doing and yeah. i don't give a fuck what you say what you, right. you know what i mean what um can you say made you like that like what, can, just, what things that dream like i had, I had what, I what external I things do you think to, pushed you to be more like that though to be more almost sounds like a competitive edge to me yeah, I wanted, I wanted, like, I wanted to be the, I always wanted to be the best in anything I do. So even, I was the worst, probably the worst engineer out of everyone, but I was mm-hmm. working like I was the best, you know, yeah. you know, I was, I was, I was, it was bad. I mean, there was, there was guys that screwed me over in engineering where like, I, I would add, like, they would have, they would, they would all work together. I would usually be on my own because I would have practice. They would all sit in the library after the classes, but I would have uh, practice. So I wasn't, I wasn't really friends with, I was actually friends with a couple of engineering guys that were uh, track athletes. Some of my best friends actually, but um, and I would sit and do homework with them. But they 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 uh, and they helped me out a lot. Um, but it was always a struggle in engineering because because a lot of those kids that were smart and knew what they were doing, they they were they were they would they would have the adva- obviously have the advantage because they would they would go right after class and they would just sit in the library for like five hours, hanging out where I would be at practice for five hours, working. Then after practice, I'd have to do it, and everyone was done with it. So then it's kind of like oh, I'm on my own trying to figure all this stuff out. Um, and then I'll try to ask for them for help. And then the other the, the class, they, they don't want to ruin the average. So I was a bad ad. So they were like, uh, you know, they don't want to give you their stuff because they don't, they think it will, cause look, engineering, a lot of it's like, I survived cause I would, I would be in that middle ground where I wasn't bad enough to be kicked out, but, but I was good enough where I would be like, skate by with like that, that C or like B minus. It wasn't good. Like, um, I can't imagine you had. Kids are all right though. I, I was able to keep over a three point just from, just from, just from doing like all the work. Like that's that's what saved me. Like I did all the work, but it took it took a lot. Like I said, I didn't have social life. Like it was football, school. Well, the schools you have right by. I mean, how far? I mean, in Massachusetts alone, you got MIT, Boston College. Like you got all these high level engineering schools. So I'm assuming the academics for engineering itself at UMass Amherst isn't something that's just a simple engineering degree no, itself. No, like. It's, it's, UMass is legit. Like any school in Massachusetts up there, is tough. Like every every 
every class, every every it's a it's a it's actually a good it's a good school of people. There's a lot of people that come out of it and become very uh, successful. So and a lot of my friends actually that for the track kids that did engineering, um, they're all very successful right right off the bat with their with their careers and stuff. So wasn't a, no wasn't another successful athlete to come out of there for football. So it was Victor Cruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got, yeah, he has a cool story too. He actually got kicked down and he came back and then finished up and then not. And then obviously, Victor Cruz now blown up. So <laughs> that's crazy itself. I remember reading when you broke your his record your senior year for most receiving yards. At is it a senior? Was it receiving yards in a season or is it receiving yards as your total? It was receiving yards in a game we were playing Liberty and that that's the game I actually tore my quad tendon. Uh, I only had nine catches on three nine catches for. 300 and like some yards but it was funny after the game it was a senior night so my parents were there and after the game i literally had a full body we ate dinner at this restaurant and we came out, i had a full body cramp laying on the ground couldn't move for like 10 minutes <sighs> at the restaurant at the restaurant yeah, oh shit by like what's going they almost called the ambulance they're all looking at me but i left everything on, on, on in that game and it paid off it was one of our we didn't win a lot but that was one of a huge win for us we won in overtime That's dope. Um, so it was, it was it was dope man it was, it was, that was a fun game Let's get back into football. Let's get deeper into football. Um, I think my segue into this is just that one time I was telling you earlier about when I busted your ass on a pig route. Because we went to high school together, and you were great above me. And uh, we were fucking around on the field. I was with the squad. Andy was there. Yeah, the squad, they are always fucking with me, always talking shit. They loved you. They loved me, though. Man. Yeah. I love them, too, man. Yeah, I know. We was your favorite. Guys. Uh, you know, high school football was it was, was different. It was though. It was. I mean, it's high school. It was, it was our team was so. Was, we had a great team, a fun team, our senior year because we were yeah. we were at we were dickheads and assholes. But when we were on that field, <laughs> like it was, oh man, we were we were no like we were we took it like when we were on that field and we were playing like you couldn't tell like we were we were that shit. We, we knew were we brothers, were that shit. Man. We were and we played good and we played well. I mean, we yeah. I mean we were beat up that last game when we played and that's so it's kind of it was kind of like a. It kind of ended off kind of not the way, obviously, anyone wants to end yeah, off. Right, right. You know? It didn't start off the way we wanted to yeah, start exactly. off. Yeah, we lost. I mean, we hung in there almost. But but as we went on, man, we the, the chemistry we built with all those guys and the, the bond we had with all those guys. That's crazy. We talk to all those guys. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I just remember watching the game towards the end. Noah Fredrickson, he was a sophomore at the time, hit the Nordoni. I mean, Nordoni was already winning by a significant amount in the fourth quarter. But I remember Noah Fredrickson literally just said, fuck it, and hit the quarterback so fucking hard on Nordonia, the dude's helmet was sideways. Oh, yeah, and I was like, dude, was like, it's not, I was like, it's not a close game, but like, you guys never gave up and was yeah, still that was like, thing. we never gave up. I mean, we played, that's really we played it. Bedford in late and we were getting our ass whooped and we came back. And even Madison in the playoffs, we were losing, came back and that's won. Playoff games even when we were playing, uh, crazy. Maple Heights that first game, we gave up that touchdown right away and we mm-hmm. were getting down in the next play. We went, I went like 80 yards and then we just started going. That was, a, that was the most hype I think I ever been in one of the games was that first playoff game when I took eight yards and started going. I never went. I was going crazy when I got the sideline because we had never made the playoffs up to that point. Never yeah, and it was just we went on a run, dude. We that's what's crazy. Was that the yeah. second year they were in Mayfield was in Division Two? Because I remember your sophomore yeah, year, you played Ed's first round, second, right? Yeah, so no, second year. Year. Second year. Our, our junior year, we actually had more talent on the team. Shit, that dude didn't give a fuck. Dude, dude, I thought that was the biggest yeah, offensive the biggest line I'd ever line, seen. Yeah. The messiest class, dude. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't. They just they we didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, they were, they just didn't gel together. Like we, yeah, yeah. like we care. Like our class, like my class, we care. We care. We generally like care. We yeah, yeah. feel like the we wanted. Like it was a lot of. I wouldn't say selfish people, but it was a lot of people that they wanted their own success over the. Mm-hmm. 
more of the team's success, which I think was the downfall of that class. There was so there's a ton of good players, and we were young though. We were, we still we, like Mario was young. We had a young quarterback, so that that kind of maybe hindered a little. But I mean, Mario always played well through all all his years. I mean, I wasn't there last year, but but um, but it was young. They had a young. We had a young team that year, but um, high school football. I mean, it was it was fun. We had a fun time. Yeah, but let's all right. Fast forward to the NFL. One thing I wanted to go before you hit the NFL. Yeah, what? It might even be in college or at what point were you like, I could really do this shit. Like I can really play football. I mean, obviously you have the speed, but like, was there a moment, a game, or like a season where it's like, I I can really do this at a high level? So the or somebody maybe told you like, hey man, like you could play college in NFL ball. No, I always I always knew I was gonna. Destined to play in the NFL. I was always, always knew it was going to happen. And I think that's why I kind of talked into existence. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like I'm there right now, but I'm still not really. I mean, I'm, I've played, I've made plays, but I'm still trying to, to make it. Um, I guess you could say have a, make it and have a successful career in the NFL. But, um, but I always knew I was going to make it, but I know there was one, but my sophomore year in UMass, we played Florida in the home opener and I had like 95 yards and a couple big catches. And then that's when I was kind of like, I was like, all right, this is. I was uh, kind of after the game. I had a couple texts from people, and I was like, all right, yeah, this is this is what this is what I'm doing. Like playing, like that was Florida. We just, I just killed. Like they could have covered me. I'm like this is the Georgia game, game, though, was the one I think that like was that that was the one. Where say you- that people always refer to the Georgia game as like my oh, that was my coming out party. They say like the game that like oh, he's gonna play in the NFL, maybe for other people. But, I mean, we got smashed against Georgia. I mean, it wasn't even, like we hung in when we played Florida my sophomore year. We hung in there. We we lost. I mean, we lost twenty four seven, but it was ten to seven going into the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, Georgia smashed us. And they, I mean, I had a hundred yards on their starters, so it's like, it's like, yeah, I could play. But it was disappointing the way to go out. And even though people say, oh, that was a game you broke the most yards in in UMass history and a bunch of records, but but I mean, it wasn't like for me. It was like, well, it kind of. It was disappointing because our season didn't go the way we wanted to, and we were, and we got blown out a couple times, and that was one of the games we got blown out. So it was like it was actually funny. We were I was in a meeting with the Bills, and they're like they're they're like oh yeah you had a huge game against these guys, and and I was like I don't want to give a fuck because we got our ass kicked, and they all start laughing. They're like yeah yeah you're right. <laughs> so you, so you <laughs> they're like they're like oh you shouldn't say that. You like, you got a good game. You got to tell us. They're like yeah I fucking killed it. I'm like I'm like yeah I did, but like it wasn't it wasn't really. The wins were more important like than the stats. Got, when I, yeah, the win, it, was, it would have been more fun if we, if we won as a team. That's what, when we were at Mayfield, like, we were, we were winning. Like, UMass, we, we never really won. We, we were always, we were always in, we were always in games, but we never could, we never could finish. We had a time where our last six games my junior year, we went four and six and almost beat Mississippi State when they were ranked, like, 20th. But it was, it was still disappointing because we could never, it's it, like, when we were close to getting over the hump, then we couldn't just we couldn't get over the hump of like being a team that was consistently winning games. It's tough to be a, a ranked a top twenty five team in the MAC too. No, yeah, yeah. We I wasn't. It wasn't even that that we were going to be a top twenty five team. It was more like just be a respected team and team that's going. to – I mean, we were. I mean, teams teams knew that we were going to come out and play. It's just we couldn't ever get over that hump of like when the close out a game. You know, like you could never. We always would get there. Would be close at the end, and then. We would something would go different, and everyone would be like, "Oh, fuck! This is what always happens." But I mean, I hope the program turns itself around. Cause, I mean, it's long overdue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, All right. Fast forward to the NFL. Um, can you talk about the responsibilities that 
that come along with this next level. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole there's a whole new game in the next level. I mean, everyone's here kind of like the, the big shot. You got that you're getting paid a lot of money, and people people a lot of people look up to you now. I mean, in college people look up to you, but now you got a whole new platform where all these little kids and I mean, I did I do this thing in, in Maricopa uh, down in it's near Phoenix and uh, and um, dude, I go out there with the kids and play play like mess around with them a little. Um, it, was, it was a funny story, side fun story. We were, we were out doing one-on-ones with the kids, and the one kid does a lower, this kid is the best player on their team. He comes out of the car, no warm-up, and there's all the kids are like, I'll oh, go up against the, the player, and he goes out there, and he, and he, and he, pull, and he breaks, breaks his leg, <laughs> and the ambulance comes and gets him, and everything was crazy. That story ever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> fucked up. <laughs> But yeah, no, the, the ambulance came, but all his friends were like, all his friends were like, oh, we're, he always fakes injuries. Cause he had missed the ball. He didn't catch the ball. So I thought, I was like, oh, maybe, but they watched the film. I didn't touch him. He just, he just, he just literally just tripped and he broke his knee. He broke some bone in his leg. And, uh, but the next, I went back like three weeks later, the coach, the kids again. Come to Camp Isabella. We'll break your kids' legs. <laughs> and then they're, they're all like, I asked the coach, I was like, what happened? What, ha- what actually happened to the kid? And he's like, He's like he broke. He actually broke his leg. Like he's out. That's he's gonna be out for like five months. And I was like, oh shit, it's terrible. But like when I say responsibilities, like but no, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I know what you mean. But like, yeah, like yeah, the like workload yeah, the outside workload. of obviously the physical part of it. The yeah, training, the workload. It's, it's a lot. Practice. I mean, it's it's like it's a, it's literally a job. I mean, not I don't like to say it a job because it's something I love to do, but it's something that it's it's you it's like instead of schoolwork. You got football, football work. So it's like you'll yeah, practice, right. but then you got four hours of film and mm-hmm. you got an extra workout and then you got more film. So it's like a, it's a whole day. It's like 7 a.m. and we get done at like 7 a.m. We finish at like 5, 6 p.m. So it's, it's, it's a whole day. And it's, it's, it's a long season too. We get one day off, but even on that day off, you're going in, you have to go in there and do a little, little stuff. So it's not like you get a day off. So literally one day off a week. Yeah. Was it Wednesdays or Tuesdays? Well, this year it was Mondays, but um, usually it's Tuesdays. COVID, they were trying to do something weird with. It's not really. A, it's a physical day off, yeah, right? Physical day off. So you're still going in and you still get treatment, and usually you have a workout. But it's, it's you're done by like noon. It's like seven to noon. You're usually done, but still, it's it's a long, long season. But you have to stay dedicated, even outside of when you leave, yeah, that's all you leave. Yeah, that's all that bad. stuff. You can't mess around with your nutrition because then you come in and practice sleepy and yeah, and out of shape or a little out of shape. Um, because every day is every day is a grind. It doesn't matter. They say it doesn't matter what you did the day before. So every day is a new day. And that, that's even what's great about football. It teaches you a lot of life lessons. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you, what we were a little talking about earlier, like you, you're successful one day and you think, you think, oh, you could chill five, six days before you have to do it. It's not, it's not like that. You like every day you're competing for your job. Every day you're going out there and you're, you're working your ass off to, to, to get on that field, to get your next opportunity and, and hopefully get more opportunities after that. So, it's an everyday thing. People, people, and you see the guys that take it for granted aren't really around that long. It's a brutal business. I mean, you see guys going in and out like that. Right. Uh, it's about kinda, revolving door. Revolving door. And you kind of see that and guys, and guys either make it or they don't. Like it's, and it's tough. I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. It's not easy. And, and even I'm still learning that. I'm still learning that it's a lot of things what you do outside of football that are going to affect you inside of the facility. Like, can you talk about like, your relationships within the NFL, because we, you know, we've got word that you've trained with big names, 
I don't know if we can say. Uh, I don't know if you're under contract. You, if you have, no, I don't know. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, you, I mean, you just, you in know. school, you meet a ton of, ton of. Uh, I've met so many people. Um, yeah. Even even teammates and stuff that have a bunch of cool. Everyone in NFL, everyone's got a story. Everyone's everyone's got a story where they came from and how they got there. So it's it's not like oh one guy had it harder than another guy. Everyone yeah, had their you, own. Everyone had their struggles. Everyone has their story. It's not like one guy. One guy it was harder for him to get there, and so you might feel bad. You might want to, but everyone has their stories. Every everyone's competing. Uh, but you make a lot of cool relationships and get to meet a lot of cool people that that have been had, that are successful, and you, you just keep learning from that and, and, and have making you, your own story. Have yeah. you ever like fanned out when you met somebody like uh, Larry Fitzgerald? <laughs> Not Randy fanned out when I met. Uh, Larry, um, you were Randy Moss too. Man. But yeah, Randy Moss. I wasn't really. I was like, oh, damn, was Randy Moss. I didn't really know Randy Moss that much growing up. You worked out. Uh, were you working out with him for the up to the combine? Yeah, and yeah. The draft? So we, we worked out with him for the uh, senior bowl and then a little bit for the combine, which is cool. We were down in Tampa with uh, Yo Murphy and his group. But they kind of blew up. They got the he's training the Heisman guy now, and he's got a big group of guys down there. Um, that was cool. But no. Uh, <laughs> Funny, you probably think of Andrew Hawkins. Like when I met Andrew Hawkins, I was like, oh, because I was a Browns fan always growing up. So, and he was kind of a little, littler guy. So I was like, oh, that's kind of like who I want to be like, kind of. Okay. So when I met him, I met him, I met him in LA actually at this event, and he had me do something for some company he's working with. Some helmet thing they do is like they you just sit there and they spin you around in this chair with a helmet on. It's a little goofy. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the? Okay. Well, I, but uh, it's like it's like I forget what it's called. Uh, it's like ath- something athlete, but it might be more than an athlete, maybe. Mm. Nah, well, I, I remember well, leading I up to your draft, uh, a lot. I mean, the big talk for you with the guy your size and build was New England, New England, New England. Like, especially being a UMass person, yeah. that's anytime I was reading about something on the draft with you on the board, it was like, oh, Bill, Bill Belichick has this eye on the dude. He's like Danny Amendola. He's like, uh, fuck, I'm a Ken Alumni, and he's slipping me right now. Uh, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Um, I mean, that was the one that I saw a lot of comparisons with. Did you ever? Did you ever see a similar game with those two? Or yeah, actually, yeah. So I, mean, I, I met Danny a couple times. We played him actually two times. We played. We played him. Um, he's playing for Detroit right now. We played him. We lost to him. We lost to him. We tied him and lost to him. But uh, no, he's a, he's a good player. It's fun watching. It's, it's it's what you do in the NFL. You kind of watch guys that are kind of successful. You kind of watch their film, study their game. And he's got a good game, and I've, I've watched his game a lot, and I could see. So, you know, I'm trying to me becoming similar player to that. Hopefully in the future, in the future. So, um, hopefully I get to train with them. I might get to train with Danny uh, this year. We've been talking about it, but all the COVID stuff messed messed things up. So, yeah. kind of seems like you pick a little bit of things off all these players you meet and kind of make your own like style of it. Yeah. But the one thing I, he brought up about uh, just what you need as a train the NFL. I mean, obviously you talked about the resiliency aspect. Everybody there has already got the natural talent and for the most part, the hard work. Is there like another mental edge that kind of, you know, if anybody needed to really the men from the boys. Yeah. That like college the NFL, like what is the mental, I mean, there's the physical part of course, but what's the mental thing that really separates yeah, the boys, the men from the boys, like really what take, what takes the next step? Definitely confidence, having confidence in yourself and, Knowing that you you belong there, that's that's what the that's the how how is you how are you on that in that uh, area? I've been I've been successful at times and then other times not not successful. It's NFL is weird where you could be you have these really good great moments and then you have your, these really low moments. So it's 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 realizing that that you're gonna have it's kind of like accepting that there's gonna be those high moments and, and then accepting there's gonna be the low moments and 
and just moving up. Is there a pressure on you? Is there a pressure that you feel from the position that you're in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not that. I'm not really established in the NFL, so I mean, my job's on the line this year. I got. I got to. I've been busting my ass every day getting ready because when I get back to camp, it's going to be a dog fight for me every day, and Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be do or die every day. So, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, there's no pressure though. I mean, it's there's a lot more things in life that are that are tough. I'm still learning that. Still learning that. It's one of the things that I got to learn is that. That I love doing this, and there's no pressure. There's way, way other things in life that that are pressure, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's just accepting that. Just I know I can play in the NFL. I know my talent. I already showed I can do it. I've, I've, had, I've scored two touchdowns in a game and scored an 88 yarder, um, so I can do it. I mean, it's just it's like it's like you said. It's just it's just having that confidence every day and and showing that you can do it. So long term NFL dream. What it is? It's a second contract. For sure, and then Super Bowl. Everyone's dream is Super Bowl, but um, the second contract, getting that second contract, I know I'm gonna get it. This is it. It's, yeah, how big it's gonna be. Um, so getting that second contract and then Super Bowl. Man, you know we rooting for you. The other thing I really wanted to ask is, uh, you know, I busted your ass that one time on that pig route. I don't know about a pig route. You don't even know what a pig route is, bro. Man, <laughs> hey, see, I was just like, hey, see, the world gonna get to know you as you get more successful. They gonna get to know. Andy slick at the mouth. He not. <laughs> he not this little sweetheart. So the one thing I want to ask is, uh, what Arizona was, sweetheart. When was the what was the brother. most glamorous moment? What was the first glamorous moment of your NFL career? Like shit. Like this is really it. I can really do this. Like I mean, the eighty-eight yard touchdown against San Francisco was pretty insane. Yeah, like we had a, the preseason game. We played Oakland Raiders late in the game. I had a long touchdown. Um, so I was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was like oh, I was saying that, but like this isn't really that. Uh, but no, we my first practice in Arizona. I had a couple big catches, and the coach after was like, "Oh, you're just, that was a good day for you. Like you're doing good." And I was like, "Oh yeah, well, like it wasn't that bad. Like these guys are it's no different than me." I mean, a lot of people put put like almost you put yourself on a pedestal sometimes and look at these people in front of you and you think they're different than you. And no one's really no one's really different than you. I mean, you got to find your strengths and your weaknesses and and work your way to get in the position that you want to get in and realize that just because he might be ahead of you right now. It don't mean it doesn't mean that he, he you can't you can't outcompete him or you can't beat him out because that's a lot of people think like oh this guy's so successful that there's no way I can get there like and everyone's everyone can get where they want to go if they really believe it. So well, you have two Hall of I mean potential two Hall of Famers greats on the team. You have Larry Fitzgerald and then you have Patrick Peterson. So you have two different sides of the ball. Where you can like, how do you, you know, from a quarter, from a wide receiver perspective, how do you be great? And then from the cornerback perspective, how do you beat the greats? So I think just having those two minds to pick off is great. I mean, I feel like you're in a great position to be, to learn as much as you can learn from, from what I've heard and all the people that you bumped into. Larry's actually a great guy and people don't give him enough, uh, enough credit. I mean, he is, he's funny to know. No one really sees the side of him where he jokes around and stuff, which Mm -hmm. he, he does a lot. People. People don't see that, or you see him joking around, just tackling reporters or anything. But he really, he can really, uh, I guess, fuck with you in the locker room and stuff. It's funny, but people don't see that. Uh, right. But no, when he's he's also very serious, very, very smart, intelligent guy that taught me a lot about football and not and and other things not about football, about just about life and how to live and just life lessons. And I mean, I mean, he's been around for sixteen years, like almost like a dad to everyone, everyone mm-hmm. in there. But uh, but not just like I said, in NFL. You meet a lot of people, and you learn a lot of a lot of things from 
from even like guys that are just trying to make it like me or just in there right now trying to take that next step. And you learn stuff from everyone. So, so uh, is competition a continuous fuel for you? Would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every every day is every day you're competing. With, even even if you don't think it, even 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 you guys, I mean, you're competing for whatever you guys are competing for in life. I mean, you're you're competing against other podcasts. There's a million podcasts out here. What what separates you guys from? Other podcasts. They didn't got. They, they don't have Andy Isabella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, podcast world's huge. I mean, it's all fucking Rogan, right? Signed like a hundred million dollar deal. Yeah, it's Rogan. Right? It's really Rogan. But even when you even when you're applying for jobs in the world where to a real world too, what separates you is a better job candidate. I mean, people look at resumes and stuff, and just other things look great on paper. But when it comes down to who's going to work hardest in the office, you know, like do you? I look at this like. Do you want to blend in with the sheep or do you want to lead the pack? You know, like, do you want to settle for your position and just be average or do you want to shoot to be the best? Yeah. But, but I think the biggest thing is you don't try to be the best among the group. You try to be the best version of yourself. Cause if you get caught up in trying to be number one at a, I mean, it's probably, di- it's different in the sports world, of course. You know, everyone, it's, I'd rather be the number one wrestler in the world or something. You know, I'd, I'd want to shoot for that. But the biggest thing is you got to, like you were saying, chase your heart, you know, focus on what you want to do. And I think the biggest thing is as long as you know that you're giving it your all and you're giving it 100% effort, then there's no regrets at the end of the day. Yeah, so I remember a quote last week. It said, be so good that they can't ignore you. I thought a lot of it's kind of stuck with me a little. If you're, if you're. If you're talented, someone's going to notice at the end of the day. I mean, it might not be when you want it. it might, you might have to be a little bit more patient. But at the end of the day, if, you, if you're good at what you do, people are going to, people are going to know you're good at what you're doing, you're passionate about what you do, you're, people are going to, people are going to jump on. People are, people jump on when people are, other people are passionate about what they do. Real shit. Separates right. it. General life question. Um, damn. I had it. I had it. I had it. Before you jump to that and allow it to come back to you, I want yeah. to, what I want to ask is, you know, you I asked about the glamorous moment in the NFL, but I think the craziest moment in the NFL this year actually came from the Cardinals, and I remember seeing you on camera as soon as it happened, the DeAndre Hopkins catch. Yeah, that's dope. That, to me, I mean... Oh, yeah, I remember that, that. I actually remember that. It's, li- it's a literal Jordan commercial to me, because we- everybody's wearing Adidas, Nike, <laughs> I can't remember the other glove, but no, then you just see the Jordan yeah. brand just catching the ball, mm-hmm. and then the first person I see him helping him off, I was like, oh, shit, like... Was well, I want to ask about that pass itself? Did they purposely have Hopkins on the one side and have you guys run all towards the corner to give him no, a chance? They're actually having. Actually, the plan was to run Larry across the field and have him catch it, and then have him get out of bounds and have us get us one more shot at the end zone. But it didn't work out like that. They had him double. They had him double covered, I think. So Hop was like the only option for him. He just shocked in. He was just like, "All right, fuck it." Yeah, he got. I just I remember, remember I was going, running up I was going in for the tip. I thought I was going to get tipped. Yeah, yeah. Like, you was right there. <laughs> you were there if it happened. I, but I remember the pressure happened, and he's rolling out and threw us. It had to be a sixty-yard bomb or something along those yeah, sorts. And I just I watched it live, and I just remember having like, "What the fuck is about to happen here?" No, it was a great play. Though. Originally, I was like, "No way, he fucking caught that." But then no. I saw you going hype as shit, yeah. and I was like, "No way, was no crying. way!" And then they did the slow motion of it, and I was just like. Oh, he really caught that, like yeah. a, from the Aaron Rodgers throw from like 2015 or 2016. Yeah, he really caught it. He didn't like ball, like. No, he caught that shit. shit. <laughs> no, and especially like football is one of those game of inches, and if you literally yeah. look at the ball, like every every, I think there's three defensive backs in on that. Yeah. Everybody, every defensive back is literally an inch away from touching well, that one ball. Back, like he screwed it up. He ta- he like ran into the one guy. 
and kind of knocked him off balance. But mm-hmm. I think Hopkins would have caught it, obviously. But it was funny. The one guy hit, hit, hit the other guy off balance, and it kind of opened it up and just snagged that shit. I remember. I thought Arizona was – I mean, it's, it's a great team. You guys have a great team. And I was like, damn, they're really about to make, like, a crazy playoff run. But then things started to settle and – I mean, that whole division you guys play in is tough as nails. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it got even tougher now that I think Stafford's a good quarterback. and You play the Seahawks twice, the Seahawks too. Aren't gonna be mess- they never mess around, especially mm-hmm. that long they have Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And those Niners, are, I think they'll be good again. They, they, they struggle a little, but they still beat us. In that, they beat us late in the year um, with their backup quarterback. But that just shows every every game in the NFL is tough. It's not, not, you can't take a week off. Every player is good. Even we played the Rams last week, and they had their backup quarterback in and never played a game, and they beat us. So it shows you, like... Didn't he win a freaking playoff game, too, though? No, he got... First play in the playoff game, he got concussed. Was that it? Nah. Oh, Goff won the playoff game going, with a fucked up thumb. And they, they, they won, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah the Rams won. Close one. Then they got smacked. I think they lost pretty good against the... I think they played Green Bay. All right, back to my general life question. I remember it now. So, Andy, <laughs> outside of, outside of football, what what is something that you do as a just as a human to like recenter to like you know when you got your off day? Like, what's your what brings you back to like back to your peace? Yo, you know, sure. I don't really be doing that much to be honest. I mean, I like I watch a couple shows and I'll be watching shows that kind of. What kind of shows you watching? I've been, I've been in the entourage right now. So. Oh, okay. So, oh, that's why you came in here like that, acting like this. Okay. I, get, <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> he was acting different when he came downstairs, y'all. No, yeah, I've been watching that a little bit. No, I've, I've been meditating uh, a little here and there, which has been, it's been the Word. experience. Who got you into meditation? Um, I started doing, well, I started doing yoga and then it kind of just happened. I started, just started doing meditating and doing that shit. You do that often? Yeah, dude, I try to do uh, 10 minutes every day. That's what's up. So, do you speak to what that does for you? It kind of just, it, it like reset, it like, like you said, like reset, it like resets you and it kind of brings you back, back down from, I mean, now, like, you know, everyone's got their phone, everyone sees you, you see there's so much shit that, that goes on in your head now. I feel like everyone's got minds running, Never, no one can sit still and no one, there's not a lot of people that can, that focus just on one thing. And, um, the, the meditation I, I do is kind of like, you just you close your eyes and you just focus on your feet for ten minutes. That's all you do. You just focus so you're focusing on that one single thing. Like the feeling in the toes. Yeah, are, are you yeah. a person that meditates to your breathing, or you do you meditate to a uh, music or something? Like a, yeah, bro, I, I've been starting off. I just started actually. Well, I, I've been meditating for a while. But I started off this new thing where I do like two minutes of. They, I think it's called pranayama, where you like breathe in one nostril and yeah. breathe out the other. Okay. And then then after like I'm two minutes of that, then I focus on the feet for ten minutes, and that's, that's all. There's no breaks. Just you just focus on the feet. It kind of resets you, brings you, brings you back. I'm a bunch of weird shit. We are, I've been jumping in like we have a, a we got a little pool in the backyard, but like is it, people don't. Wanna, it actually gets really cold in Arizona. Um, yeah, at night. Yeah. yeah, so like the pool is like thirty degrees, like forty degrees. So it's like a cold tub. <laughs> All right now, it's not heated. It's not a heated pool. Mm-hmm. It's starting. It's heating up now. So, um, but but throughout the winter months, it was like it's like a cold. It's like a cold tub. But I'll jump in there at five a.m. every morning. Like, just to like tell yourself yeah. <laughs> man no, I'll do it. that's what I don't like about Arizona and, and like in the peak of noon it could be 70 80 ish but then come the desert 80, time 90. when it's I mean yeah those it's, it gets cold like, like I, I this was the first year where I was out there during the last year I was home all winter but this is the first year where I was out there during the time of the winter months and like it's 
Like it's there's days where it's like forty two degrees all like the whole day. And like, there's snow out there in some parts, more yeah, towards no, where there's more elevation. We actually went, we actually, before I came back, I went to Sedona and one on the weekends. It's, it's like a kind of like a, like kind of a touristy town, but it's like two hours from Phoenix out north and it's, it snows. It was snowing up there when we were there, like 37 degrees. And we jumped in, like, there's this, like, cliff jump spot. We, go, we went in the water and, like, hopped around. But it was like, the water was like 30 degrees. How far is the Grand Canyon from you? Like three and a half hours. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one thing I'm, I'm trying to check off on Buckle list. Oh, you haven't been there yet? No, I haven't been there. Oh, word. I have a buddy who, uh, named Johnny DeJulius who goes, uh, he's a thrill seeker. Oh, yeah. Skydiving, swimming with sharks, all that kind of crap. Yeah. And when he does, when he goes to Arizona, he'll literally go in the, well, a lot of the parts are blocked off because there's no, uh, there's no park rangers because of the COVID with certain things. So he'll squeeze through parts of the canyons find little rivers and go canoeing in them and then climb parts that are blocked off. And I mean, the Grand Canyon, literally, you, you would need a few days to even yeah. go to everything you want. Like, if you go to those parts, like, you you can't just go for 24 hours. Yeah, so I'm trying to find a long weekend or something. I run away, but, but I, yeah, I was big into hiking when I first got to Arizona, but now that I kind of focus on training and trying to get my career kind of, like, established there. Mm, schedule tighter. Um, so I kind of made my schedule a little tighter, so I'm, yeah. I haven't been hiking as much, but the hikes is... is I, I can see myself living in Arizona when, I, when I'm done because, I mean, it's a... It's I mean, you got stuff. that like, red to you. I like being outside and doing doing stuff. I don't like sitting indoors all day, so... You need a place that's constantly warm. It's got good, uh... I mean, personally, if I had the money for it, I would go live in Northern California towards Yosemite or something. I think I'm a Colorado dude. Yeah, I can see you out there. Yeah, you can see me out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the mountains. I'm more of, like, open wilderness and forests. Well, as soon as you get the mountains involved, but I mean, but it's different parts of that. If I was going to raise an mountain. athlete family, though, it's I would raise my family in in Boulder or something. Because there's a there's a study that came out like mo- a lot of the best marathon runners that represent a lot of the long distance runners that represent the United States in the Olympics, World Championships, and those things come from high elevation places. Yeah. Where you're literally born, like your lungs. High as fuck. <laughs> Your lungs are literally, uh, you just got to imagine from a baby, you're born with that thinner air and at a higher elevation. So you, if you're literally a Colorado athlete and you go run in the state of Florida, I mean, you're going to dominate. You're like, you're literally from genetics point of view, everything shapes and is different for you. Capacity is, is uh, it's on a different level and shit. Yeah, whatever. All right. I think it's time to get into the most important hot take where we ask Andy his most important hot take. So, Andy. My most, my most important hot take. Man. Maybe your unpopular opinion, something that resonates with you that, you know, you people know. need to bring more attention to. Something that's unique to you that you feel like, you know, like, you know, like, I hate Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Like, fuck I, them I, niggas. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say whatever you no, want. I do not like that. But, no. But no, my, hey, you I, did pick your interest on. My unpopular decision would be you gotta, is you got to work for what you want. I think a lot of people think nowadays you got things are given to you. Okay, I'll take that. Want, I'll accept this answer. You want. People want people to just, uh, people want people to do everything for them almost. And I think that's one thing that I never, I never, I never waited for someone to do something for me. If I wanted to not, I was going to figure it out myself or I was going to find a way to, to do it. And I think now a lot of people, they think things are just going to happen for them and they don't make necessary steps to get there. And then they get to a point where they realize, uh, maybe they realize it that they, they should have done this and that. But um, they think people should still do all this stuff for them when they didn't really do anything for anyone else or or sacrifice what they needed to sacrifice to get there where they wanted to go. Um, and I had a lot of people ask me, like, what, like, shit like that. Like, 
Like why? 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 I'll I'll say no to like handouts and shit. Stuff or, yeah, people want like that. So I think that's my unpopular opinion. So you saying we can't get autographs? I'll give you autograph. <laughs> so, so it sounds like to me like what you personally reached a level of success, and then the people around you that weren't there for your highs and lows that were you know you're going through all you got to go through the dark times by yourself. And you got to go through these struggles yourself. And then when people ask for handouts, knowing they haven't put in the work and the time, you kind of think to yourself, well, this is sound rude in a way, but you're not deserving of it. Like, you got to, I did it and went out and did these things myself. You got to go find personal success yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. Cause I always, I always, there's, there's a lot of guys that always ask me to, to come, come out to see me for a week and train. And I, I, I honestly love it because I, I, I'll work their ass off or I'll, I'll, I'll show them basically how hard I'm working. And show them it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a game. Like mm-hmm. I had, a, I had, a, I'm not gonna say the name. Probably won't even watch this, but I had a guy come out and he was staying with me a couple of weeks ago, and he wanted, he wanted to train with me. So I was like, all right, we'll come train with me, and we're doing this thing where you run, you run a, you run a 200, then you run like two 150s and 300, then 300s and 450s, and then do, do, and then you redo it, and then you go off the ladders, you do the four fifties, then three. So it's like go down, go up. Yeah, go down, go up, and he do tapped after <clears throat> the dude tapped after the second one fifty, and it's like, but I didn't say anything to him. I didn't care. I was like, yeah, go ahead. You want to tap? I'm not like I'm. I'm finished. This is my workout. I'm gonna finish this. So I, I finished the workout, and he's kind of like, and no, what's well, funny is the last, the last run. It was like so you go back. So you start with the two hundred, then you end on the two hundred. So the last two hundred after you get tapped after the second one fifty. He's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, like challenge you on this last 200. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, right, I'm, I'm like breathing high. I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm not really worried about it. So he tries to like beat me the 200. I'm like, gas. I just fucking, and he quits after like 100 yards of running. <laughs> and I'm just, but he's one of my good friends. So I'm not ragging on him or anything. But, yeah, but it shows you like, yeah. but, was, but I hope he learned a lesson where, or I hope he, maybe he took away something from it where it was like, this is, this is, this is why. This is why I'm. I'm here. This is why I was successful. Cause I'm putting this work I'm putting in. Work in I'm out here doing um, this shit. I, I love people that, that come out there because I love when people come out there and see that because then, or not even see it, but just just see that because people sometimes people think, oh, he just he got lucky, he made it here. It's like no, I didn't get lucky. I had, I didn't. I ain't fucking work. I had to fucking put every. I put so much work and I fucking ten thousand hours. Struggled so much. Failed million times. People are. Some people are afraid to fail. They don't work hard enough. But then I'm not saying I was. I was. Sometimes I was afraid to fail. Um, maybe that's why. How I did you get over your, your fear of failure? Fail a thousand more times. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you just fail a ton. Of, I mean, <laughs> you just got to do, keep doing it. <laughs> football's football's crazy because you're you're gonna fail and you're gonna fail a lot. And, and uh, the quicker you learn that that you're gonna fail and and that it's okay to fail and that that. Yeah, you gotta always look for that. But that's people are saying now it's kind of messed up how football programs us because it's always like it programs us to to fail. But then, it, but then it's like it's, I forget what the guy was saying. Um, or like they said, you have to you have to. Look, the guy was saying it's bad to look for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Like it's not a healthy way of living. Not looking back and reflecting on your errors. Um, like, football, it's like you you fail and. Then, don't look for a plan B. Stick life. to. Yeah. I, look, I look at it like this. My one wrestling c- coach put it to this on my mind. He's like, as soon as you give the thought of a plan B, you're already ready to give up on your dream. Yeah. The moment you think like, oh, here's my backup plan, you're not. F- then you're not fully committed to plan A. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's. I mean, that could, that could be true in case. I mean, I, my plan B was all the engineering, and I was gonna, I was gonna do that shit, and it, and it worked. And it, 
and it worked out fine. But if I probably did another degree that was a little easier, I probably would have had more time to train and do other stuff. But but I was still focused on my my. I was still super focused. Like I didn't let school. Like I was gonna get my football stuff in, and then my schoolwork. If I had to stay up late doing the schoolwork, then I was gonna <laughs> stay up late doing the doing the schoolwork. My my big problem in college was like I would I could I was I had a hard time retaining and stuff. So like. Like, it would be, like, a week before the test, and all that's when I'll start going ham, studying. And I wish it wouldn't really pay Cram out. week's important. So as long as it's not a 24-hour cram week, because those will – or 24-hour. Like football, like, you don't have much time. Like, like you don't have much – it sneaks up on you, those those tests. It's a full-time job. Yeah. That's – I literally try to tell people any – I mean, more even Division like, one. Yeah, even, like, what you were – you said you are wrestling in college a little. The same thing. Like, people think you go to a smaller school maybe or somewhere else, and it's not as taken as serious. It's still – like, UMass is a small D1 school, so some people might think it's not as, you don't spend as much time doing football, but, I mean, we were, it was every day, I mean, we we worked our ass off, like, and it was a lot of work. I looked at it, like, my biggest thing was I tried to tell people, like, a part that fucked me up was trying to balance social life, but I remember when I was fully, when it was wrestling season, it was wake up at 5 in the morning, go to lifting, get home, eat breakfast, go to class, soon as classes are over, I'm back at practice, soon as practice is over, recovery, Go sit in the library for four to five hours, come home. And this is the only time I can, like, as an athlete, I was literally going to bed before 10 p.m. I mean, when I was in high school, I was going to bed probably at midnight, 1 a.m. But, like, once college came, I was like, dude, I can't even stay up late. I'm exhausted. I'm passed out. And then it's a never-ending cycle. And basically, like, I try to tell people going into this, you got to have a routine. Like, routine is so important. And, he, and like you were saying, that off day on Monday, like, it's not a true off day. You're still, like, you're mentally still sharp physically yeah. you give your body some rest but mentally your, your mind's never out of the yeah. routine yeah. For sure um what do you what do you all right like let's let's take like someone like lebron as an example what do you do you ever have you ever thought of anything to do like feeling thought philanthropically i know you did you said something about the kids it, the camp you did with the kids, but like something on like a bigger scale, as far as like a charitable or a cause, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Have you put thought I mean, into I, that? We, we did some goofy thing with the these guys that that sell. Uh, these guys got a little like uh, they're trying to be you know, they have like sell hot dogs on like a corner, kind of like a food truck and stuff. And oh yeah, so uh, hot dog little, eating contest. Hot dog eating contest. We were, but we were trying to <laughs> the thing was we were trying to go and try to raise money. We will. Well, hopefully, eventually, we'll do this. But we were trying to work with them. They actually got me involved with the the kid. They their kids play for uh, the Maricopa County um, Football League. So we're trying to work through them. Then when their next season rolls around and start raising money uh, and through donations, doing weird. That was the plan with the hot dog eating contest. It didn't really fall through the way I wanted it to. Maybe it will later. But we were trying to do that and then raise money for kids that can't play in that league because it's a the town that that's in. It's not really a very wealthy town. A lot of kids can't they can't afford the equipment and stuff. So the ultimate goal for doing the hot dog eating contest was to like raise awareness with that and raise money for kids in the, the inner city so they can play sports and play football. Because a lot of a lot of sports now is is, is you got to pay to play and some yeah. parents don't have it. It's sad and and the and the schools that offer it for free they don't got the same same facilities as kids that that are fortunate enough to have parents that that are, uh, are willing to pay that money to play and take care of them like that very cool well all right i have another question um fuck well that slips your mind Andy, what was my second question about to be 
While you think of that, there's one I wanted to no, ask. No, no, I got it, I got it. You right. sure? Yep. Okay. So, what do you say, what do you have to say about, like, you know, some people, millennial girls, who, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say girls, I don't want to say millennials either, but people who don't value sports or like, what do you, what do you, what do you think the value of sports are? I think sports, sports, sports brings um, people together. It brings, I mean, look at football. I mean, it brings everyone, everyone from different cultures, different, different walks of life. I mean, different parts of the, the country and everyone, it brings people, brings people together. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, I'm, I was like, I'm like the only, I mean, I won't say, I mean, I'm, it's, 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 it's cool because you get every walk of life, walk through those doors, uh, in the football and it doesn't matter what your skin color, it doesn't matter where you come from, what's your background is, everyone's there, everyone's there to, to, to help the team win goals, win games and, um, that's what's cool. Everyone come coming together for one common goal, and that's that's the story of the world. Like I said, football is a, teaches everyone a lot about life, and that's that's almost what the world is. Everyone in this world comes from a different walk. Everyone has a different story, and and at the end of the day, everyone has to come together um, for for a common goal that maybe isn't. Which I think right now, I mean, think about common goals of the world. Maybe common goals would be like. So obviously live peacefully among everyone and and everyone kind of treated equally and and stuff like that and and everyone needs a and the thing is what kind of football can teach you is all these walks of life coming and play football for that common goal and that's what everyone in the world has to come together for a common goal and you you put aside your you put aside your your hatred you put aside your your negativity you put aside all the stuff that maybe you, you you have built up and you, you come together with your peers and your people that, that might not be the same as you for, and you sacrifice a lot for that common goal as a team. Andy Isabella loves black people. <laughs> One last thing before we move forward. And this is something I wanted to bring up earlier before we hit the hot take and kind of, it's not really in reference to hot take, but more, you know, income, especially with NFL is a million dollars in the NFL, really a million dollars. I try to tell people this, like, cause you were in the NFL, right? Right. But like any sports, any multi-million dollar sports athlete, they, they like a million dollars, like the agent gets some, then there's taxes and then there's yeah, all whatever you make, you get like half of it. So like if I made a million bucks, then like I would have 500,000 of it to spend. Basically. You get, I mean, you get hit with the Arizona tax, you get hit with the federal tax, then you get hit with the NFL tax, right? Uh, I don't think they're not NFL tax, but you get, yeah, you get, I mean, the NFL takes some money cause you got the, the reunion and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, you have to be careful because um, you lose a lot of money at the end of the year. So, you know, when you do your taxes, like most NFL players, they'll lose a lot of money. Well, it's like, than, uh, I'm pretty sure. Sh- I know some people would not saying like, just like a, like your base jobs. Like, I'm not saying that's bad to have. Like, every job's important. Um, but other people that other jobs usually gain money back. That makes okay. sense. I'm pretty You're sure this is. Like, tax refunds, like. Yeah. For most NFL players, it's like you're you're paying a lot out of pocket to the well, government. I'm pretty sure the statistic though is like seventy percent of NFL players after ten years out the league are broke. Yeah, I can believe it because people people spend. The thing is, with people, even I'm learning slowly. Like it's hard to budget. It's it's tough to budget, especially because everyone thinks you have it all and everyone thinks you have it. So then you look at your how much you spend in a month, and you're like, holy shit, like how, where the fuck did all the money go? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's and then again, people spend it like. People spend it like it's gonna keep, like it's gonna keep coming. But eventually, the NFL, like you said, it's gonna end. No matter how, no matter how good you are, it's gonna end after 
after a certain amount of time, and, yeah, you, and got, you don't have any, you start, you start back from zero, like, yeah. and you start back from zero, and if you keep spending like you playing in the NFL, then you're fucked. <laughs> and, your, and your payday's not 12 months, your payday's six, well, 17 weeks now, yeah, right? 34 weeks now, they've changed it, so. Really? It's, yeah, it's going to be weird, but. Yeah, you did, right, right, the last two years, it was seven, every week you get that paycheck, and then it ends, one the, season ends. The bonus incentives as well, like, good, good yeah, you game. Get, you get the, well, they canceled the bonus this year because of COVID. But we get it. We get it. Uh, we actually get it. Twenty twenty three. But that's a nice bonus. You usually get it like right around this. Well, right now you out again. I got it. Like I actually found out what it was yesterday. You get a certain amount of bonus for how much plays you played in the touchdowns and stuff like that. You get it like right now. So you get a little. You get a little money during the off season. But that's gotta be nice. That's nice as hell. The biggest thing I just like uh, I've always thought about is you know when I hear about these people not budgeting their money right, it's like damn like. I mean, you step into the NFL as what, 22, 23? Yeah. Some people step into the NBA at 19. Like, you're still technically a kid or young adult. You don't know money I got, budget. I have a, a funny story. I mean, we, when I went to UMass, I never I never had a bank account or anything until I went to UMass. And I got a little checking account. I always did cash deals, like whatever. Like, I was, I was a caddy in high school. And then I was a landscaper. Everyone paid me cash. Okay, so I never knew. Uh, I never knew what he was card, a hustler. I never knew a card was. But then I got to college, and then they give you like a stipend every uh, so often, mm-hmm. and I never had any money. I didn't have any money growing up. My parents, my parents obviously took care of me, but like I was never, I never had money, <laughs> or like I never got the new shoes or the new things or whatever. And um, they give you, I gave me eight hundred dollars stipend this right when I got to UMass, and I was like, oh shit, eight hundred dollars! Like was I was balling. <laughs> I literally bought eight hundred dollars with the Jordan clothes and Jordan shoes. This motherfucker, <laughs> man! I wore them one time. I literally wore it one time to give, give it to my little brother. I felt I wore it. I had a whole Jordan outfit. I wore it out one time. I just felt stupid as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can just imagine your ass. I ended up just giving it all to my brother. I was like fuck it. But then, more of the story is like so a month later. Like I was trying to buy like some. I had no money left. <laughs> I was trying to buy like. Like, if I went out, like, trying to go out, like, guys would go out and, like, eat dinner somewhere, I'd be like, I don't have any money. Like, yeah. I spent all, all the 800 But I learned quick, though. Like, some people don't learn from that. Like, I learned, like, I learned from that. Next time I got the 800 stipend, that shit staying in the bank until I needed, like, and I went broke in college, too. Like, I, we had rent, and my car broke down, and I had asked my parents for, like, 200 bucks, and I was like, I usually don't, I never asked for anything. It was tough to ask my parents, and be like, I need, like, I don't have money to fix my car, like, Cause I I wasn't if I didn't if I paid that I would have, I would have had no rent money got kicked out of the house that we were living in so but then when I left UMass I had literally when I left graduated UMass I had eighty bucks in my bank account leaving UMass it's crazy how much shit can change quickly mm. but uh, I had eighty bucks when I left UMass and then I signed with the agent and he gave me like twenty grand so then I was all right but it's funny people like I had eighty bucks. And then the football didn't work out. I was fucked. But I didn't like math. I wasn't going to do anything with that. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the statistic now is with most young adults, you have a negative net worth until you're like 28. So, and like the negative net worth for a 23, 24 year old is somewhere between 20 to 40 grand. Yeah. I get, I mean, to even be able to say you're up now in any way, shape, or form at the, what are you, 24, 25? 24. To even have any kind of positive income at your age, yeah. in and of itself, is a great thing to look at. But to know that you're budgeting your money right and you got a lot of great influences around you, at least, you know, I hope so. I mean, it's going to work out in the long run, you know, because like you were saying, at the end of the day, you know, once the NFL is all said and done, like what kind of- Me and Andy going to start this cannabis business. <laughs> <laughs> what kind C- of- CBD will be, me and Quentin will be out there. 
(laughs) (laughs) I think of like, what kind of legacy do you leave behind? You know, you know, you have your NFL player legacy. You have Andy and you have Andy Isabella, the NFL player. Then you have Andy Isabella, the poet or, you know, normal person. Like you talk about being able to do the everyday things that dial you back to earth. And I think that's a really important thing to like, you know, it brings you back down that you're not above other people. You know, at the end of the day, you're a normal human being, but you just work harder than others. Like there's always the saying, you know, all men are created equal. Some work harder than others. Right. If you can't do, do a podcast. Right. Sure. That brings us to your words to live by. The, the most important words to live by. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to that quote. Says, be so good that they can't ignore you. Say it again for the people in the back. Be so good that they can't ignore you. That's my quote. And what's that mean to you? It means like no matter no matter if people are shitting on you, no matter if everyone's hating on you, no matter if no one's giving you a chance. I think that's my quote I would live by. That I was that at the end of the day, I made myself, I made myself so good that... They, they couldn't ignore me. They had, they, they had to acknowledge you. I left them no choice but to, to play me. I left them no choice but to acknowledge, like you said, acknowledge me. I left them no choice but to give me that sh- opportunity. All right, that's what's up. Uh, we acknowledge you, man, because you did that shit. You work your ass off. You have been. We've seen it through high school. We've seen it through your college career. We've seen it. We see it now in your NFL career. And we wish you nothing but the best, man. Everything that's coming you your way is well deserved. At the end of the day, it's one hundred percent well deserved. I hope your hair gets curlier, and you eventually get cornrows, and you do the whole thing, man. You get a tattoo of me on your arm and shit. <laughs> yeah, a tattoo. And then we get that cannabis business rolling. Um, but <laughs> I think that's all I got. Honestly, Andy, if you want to talk about anything else, we can bring you can bring it up right now. But other than that. I mean, this was a good episode. Thank you, for, thank you for coming on. Honestly, see y'all, man, for real. It's yeah. dope. Always coming back to uh, where I came from and uh, seeing y'all and seeing the guys that I kind of grew up with. And- It'd be crazy though, you know. Eventually, at a later part in the NFL career, maybe just sign a one year with the Browns just to say you played for your own Ooh. home team. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be dope. Because I, mean, I was a big Browns fan growing up. Yeah, we'd love to see that shit. That would make it. That would just make everything so complete. I made you raw. Well, thank you for tuning into the We Important Podcast. Y'all know what it is. Your boy Q. Harry. Andy Isabella. What up? (laughs) We had a great time. You know what they say. I don't have a Kanye quote, but I think we're going to go out on a message like this. If you're not waking up every day working hard, then what are you working for? Pussy. Do you